new platform we have at our church where people can uh, offer, you know, you can offer a, a prayer request or make a comment about something that's shared. Or uh, We had uh, someone, na- a brother named Brandon, who was part of our church years ago in Africa, and he was joining us online during our 9 o'clock service, and, and that was such a blessing uh, to hear from him. It's been a while since we've seen him. And uh, so anyway, you know, it's different, but it's also uh, a great way for us to connect uh, doing church online. You know, this last week has been a little crazy. And if you've you've watched uh, the news very much or maybe read some articles on the Internet or even the local newspaper, uh, it's it's really been a little... um, earth-shattering, so to speak, in regard to what's happening. 125,000 or more people uh, here in the United States who have been diagnosed with the coronavirus. I think there's more than 50,000 right now in New York City, and I think the president ordered this uh, floating hospital ship uh, to that area to try to to help uh, support the health workers in that area with beds and with uh, materials and uh, just facilities to help. There are uh, 650,000 worldwide who have uh, contacted the virus, and I, I would assume that's going to be over a million before we know it. It's continuing to spread, and of course, you probably heard about the $2 trillion uh, relief package that was uh, passed by the federal government. I have no idea how to count that much money. I mean, I've, I've looked before online to, to watch videos. You know, you take a dollar and then, you know, you stack that to a hundred, then a thousand, then 10,000, then a million, and, and then a billion. And, you know, a trillion is like, it's just beyond our understanding. But the purpose of that, of course, is to help support families and businesses that have been asked by the federal government to close down uh, during this time. And, and the whole purpose behind it is is not to stop a recession, because uh, that's inevitable as a result of this, but to try to avoid a depression uh, like we experienced back in the 1930s as a nation. And so this is an amazing time, kind of a precarious time, I guess you could say. And I appreciate how everybody is trying to join in and partner and participate and help. And I want to say a special thank you this morning to our healthcare workers uh, here in Klamath Falls, you know, our, uh, our our son lives over in London. Many of you know that, and and uh, he sent us a link to a video uh, where in London, about like five o'clock, everyone in London goes out on their balcony, or they open up their windows in their living room, or they go down on their porch, or maybe a little garden they have, and they all start clapping and shouting and cheering the healthcare workers because they're on the front lines and. Uh, so all of you who are healthcare workers, whether you're nurses, whether you're doctors, uh, EMT, paramedic, you work at the fire department, you're the ones that get called out uh, because someone feels like they have symptoms and they're hoping for a ride to the hospital and you have to put yourself on the line uh, to help them. And we just want to say thank you to you. Uh, some of you remember Ben Fleming, who was a college career pastor in our church Uh, just a few years ago, and right now his wife, Rebecca, uh, is up working in the ER at Sky Lakes, and she's the one that's doing testing uh, and and diagnosing up there. I think we only have about five cases, uh, confirmed cases, of the coronavirus here in Klamath County. I, for one, am super thankful for that. That was as of yesterday morning. It may have gone up from there, but 
thankfully, they have, uh, they have testing kits available, and they're able to swab up to like 75 people uh, a day now. So uh, special thanks to you, uh, Rebecca, if you watch this. We appreciate your frontline ministry up there very much. So maybe your kids are in the living room or you're there by yourself. Could we just, wherever we are, could we just maybe stand up and clap and a little cheer? Might feel weird to you, but a little cheer for our health care workers. So let's all do that together. So appreciate all of you. And uh, thank you for what you're doing here in the life of our community. Now, Fortunately for us, we don't feel the effects of COVID-19 quite as strongly as a lot of the metropolitan areas uh, like New York, which is certainly the epicenter right now, although Seattle uh, was at one time. Other cities being affected very quickly, New Orleans and Los Angeles. But, you know, we're kind of socially distanced here in Klamath Falls uh, because we're a ways away from Medford and, of course, Ben to the north of us. We don't have a commercial airport, and, and because of that, we don't have some of the potential carrier traffic that could be coming from other cities or even other nations. So we're a little uh, socially distanced by nature here in Klamath Falls, and it hasn't affected us quite as strongly. I, I for one, am super thankful for that, but, you know, that's creating a few other problems. Some of you are a little stir-crazy right now <laughs> because you're isolated and uh, you're at home a little more than you used to be. Uh, I, I've seen a few of your Facebook videos <laughs> where you're uh, desperate to get out of the house and have uh, some kind of activity. So, uh, you know, it is a little weird. Some of you, of course, are facing serious things. You own a business and you're trying to figure out uh, how you're going to support workers through this time and you have the government package but you're not sure how that's going to work and anyway we just want you to know that we're we're praying for you as a pastor i i'm trying to figure out how to pastor a church and help us stay connected uh through this season here in the life of our church and i appreciate uh, pastor chad so much appreciate uh caleb herrera and Sonia, and of course, uh, Caleb Jr. leading us in worship here, just helping us provide these services uh, so that we can all be connected and, and, and partner together. And I've got a little graphic I'm going to put up uh, online right now so that you can see it because my wife shared it with me off of social media. And uh, it's just a great picture of what the church looks like right now throughout communities, not only Klamath Falls, but across our nation. Like Pastor Chad mentioned, uh, church has never been about a building. It's always been about people. And so that little graphic kind of shows where we're meeting today in a variety of different places and where we're going and fulfilling our ministry during the week, even though we have to uh, keep a few feet away from one another uh, because of uh, some of the uh, regulations that are part of our, our culture right now. So thank you for continuing to be the church uh, during this time. And I have been blessed by some of the stories I've heard. Uh, you know, many of you have been reaching out to neighbors, extended family members, uh, we have a couple of people in our church, a couple of ladies who are sewing masks. There's a shortage of masks right now in medical community, dental community. Some of us privately uh, just feel the need to be wearing a mask. And so they're buying material and sewing them. I, I hear even Joanne's Fabrics has been donating material for, for masks to be made. I don't know if you realize this, but 
We live in an amazing uh, county. Klamath County is amazing. And all over this community, uh, people are jumping in to, to, to help and, and to help out. And if you're interested in finding out what our community is doing and what volunteers are doing, you can go on Facebook page for Klamath Strong. And on that Facebook page, uh, it'll give you some ideas of some of the exciting things uh, that are happening. Uh, we've got food trucks uh, that are uh, making food for uh, doctors and nurses for the medical community. We've got uh, food trucks that are offering a meal to people that have been laid off work. And if you come in with a, you know, a pay stub and you've been laid off, they'll actually give you a a meal. We've got uh, the, you know, the Pregnancy Hope Center, which our church uh, is involved with and has supported it a lot. They're uh, donating diapers to people that haven't been able to get diapers. Apparently, uh, toilet paper and diapers, which are kind of in the same category, <laughs> but uh, apparently there's a shortage of those, and so they're helping uh, single moms and uh, families in our community uh, with, with, with diapers. The food bank, we have a by the way, we have a great food bank, bank here in uh, Klamath County. The food bank is donating food. People are coming into this senior center, and they're packaging up food for seniors that, that can't get out or don't feel comfortable getting out. You know, we have a lot of seniors that are somewhat isolated physically and, and have special needs. People are coming into the senior center, and they're making sure some of our seniors are are getting food in their cupboards. I so appreciate the food bank and all of you who are volunteering. Maybe some are watching uh, that are volunteering to do that in our community. So, uh, you know, the schools are preparing meals because a lot of the kids depend on uh, the, the, the food program and the schools, and there are teachers and volunteers that are making sure those uh, food bags are put together. Kids can go by and pick them up, or uh, some of them are being taken to kids' homes. There are a lot of ways for us to reach out and volunteer right now. And so if you're interested at all, email us and we'll give you a, a way or someone that you can contact. You can go on uh, Klamath Strong on the Facebook page. You can call the Senior Center, see if there are any special needs. There's just been a great outpouring of love and support in our community. And so uh, the last thing, which is, by the way, not the least, this is last but not least, uh, one thing we can all do together is we can pray. And our prayers are, are so important all the time, but especially right now during this crisis, I want to encourage you, pray for our community, uh, pray for our nation, pray for leaders. They, they need wisdom and direction. Pray for healthcare workers. You know, this is especially important to me because it affects my family. Uh, Chad's wife being a, uh, a, a nurse and right there on the front lines and and I believe even Rebecca is staying with them right now as she's working up in the ER. And, of course, that's where my grad kids are. And so this, this affects me personally. So please pray for our community. Pray for our nation. Pray for leaders. Pray for health care workers for safety. Pray for our church as we go through unique situations uh, in every home, uh, in every circumstance, uh, with different pressures and financial needs and one of the quotes that I really appreciate is, prayer doesn't prepare us for the work, but prayer is the work. Let me say it again. Prepare doesn't prepare us. Prayer doesn't prepare us for the work. It is the work. And prayer accomplishes more many times than you'll, you'll ever know until we get on the other side of this life. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask us, uh, wherever you're at, 
If you feel comfortable with the person next to you, which if you live with him, you probably do. If your kids are there in the living room, maybe they want to join us. But I want us to maybe take hands together if you feel comfortable doing that. And let's all say a prayer together. I just want to pray for our nation and just some of the needs that are happening around the world. Heavenly Father, we come in Jesus' name through the power of the Holy Spirit. And Father, I want to thank you for your love. This certainly hasn't caught you off guard. And Lord, your tremendous love is being demonstrated through so many people in so many situations and circumstances, Lord, uh, healthcare workers, emergency workers, volunteers. Lord, throughout the world, there are people helping people. I think of Franklin Graham's ministry and Samaritan's Purse and, Lord, people that are volunteered to be on the front lines, Lord, ministering in other countries to, to healthcare workers and a variety of different people. Lord, during this time, I believe that the church brings hope that maybe the rest of the world isn't feeling right now. And I ask you to continue to use your church to bring hope. Lord, I know that you're using this a pandemic in bigger ways than we think. Sometimes we only think about our own crisis, but we don't understand the shaking of systems in the world that dominate people and oppress people. Lord, there are systems in countries, there are abuses in countries, and there's something happening during this pandemic, Lord, that is so much greater than, than, than we understand. God, you are great, and you're big enough to work in evil and good. Lord, you do work all things together for the good. And Lord, we're trusting for you for that. So we pray in Jesus' name, through the power of the Holy Spirit, may your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, we thank you for protection. We thank you for blessing. We thank you for shaking. Lord, as you're shaking systems and working out your plan for all eternity. Heavenly Father, be glorified for your kingdom, for your glory, and your honor. Lord, be glorified in all these things. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. And could we all say amen together? Amen. I, you know, I thought your kids, they were probably done with that prayer a long time before I was finished. But uh, I appreciate them joining in. Uh, together to, to pray with us here this morning. So if, if, if you did grab your Bible and, and turn to Psalms 46, I'm going to sh- share a message that I'm hoping feels a little controversial to you this morning, uh, but, but, but I love it because it's something I feel the Lord speaking to me. Uh, Psalms 46, verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in all the earth. Let me read it again. If you have your Bible open, you see that Psalm 46 is a great psalm. It starts out with God as our refuge and strength and very present help in times of trouble. There are some great verses in the psalm. But then there's this moment of awe and wonder and worship in verse 10. And uh, the author says, be still and know that I am God. And I will be exalted among the nations. And I will be exalted in all the earth. You know, know, this last week, I listened to a lot of sermons. In fact, uh, I I probably listened to uh, 
uh, some of your maybe favorite preachers across our nation, uh, men that lead churches, even women that lead churches across our nations or ministries across our nation. And, and, and the reason I did that is I just wanted to try to hear what the Lord is saying. You know, Jesus, you know, often said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit saying to the church. And I just was trying in my heart to try to, try to, try to hear what the Lord was saying. And, and there were a lot of great messages. And most of them, to be honest, were encouragement to the church. Things like, don't be afraid. Don't panic. You're not alone. A lot of verses that you and I are familiar with. Uh, you know, if God is for us, who could be against us? Or nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, whether it's, uh, it's, it's persecution or famine or nakedness or sore, whatever, whatever we might go through in this life, whatever kind of hardship, uh, nothing shall sh separate us from the love of God that is in, in Christ Jesus. In fact, in all these things, we're more than conquerors through, through, through him who loved us. And, you know, they were, I loved the sermons, uh, one of the other verses, uh, Isaiah 54, 17, we kind of sang it this morning, that song about victory. No weapon formed against you will prosper. It's amazing how God even uses evil that's formed against us to prosper. So appreciated my brothers and sisters across our nation and just the in encouragement I received and just their desire along with mine uh, the last couple of weeks just to give us hope uh, in regard to what we're going through right now. But to be honest, I, maybe they're going to say that th this week or in weeks to come. I just, I just felt like maybe there was something missing. Um, and, and I'm going to say this, and I, I hope you'll try to listen and try to understand the way I'm saying it or what I'm really trying to say. But, you know, sometimes I, I think we get out of balance a little bit. Uh, sometimes I think we focus too much on God's love and mercy, although how can you do that? I mean, the Bible says God is love. And, and God, of course, uh, he's merciful. Blessed are the merciful. Uh, for there's the kingdom of heaven. So it's not that we can't focus too much on those two things. But, but sometimes we need to understand the fear of God. And, and reverence for God. The awesomeness of God. And the holiness of God. God who's at work even in the midst of evil. God who who is at work even in the midst of disappointment and, and darkness. God who sometimes, he's not the author of confusion. He, he's not the author of evil. Every good thing and every perfect gift comes from God. He, he's never the one who tempts us. But, but sometimes in the midst of hardship, there, there's a verse in the book of Hebrews I don't like at all that says God disciplines those he loves. And and that's a hard verse for me. It, 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 it causes me to struggle. Our God is an awesome God. And, and, and he's at work right now doing things that we don't understand that at times look horrible and terrible and actually look like evil is winning. It, it says in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7, says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, but fools despise knowledge and instruction. And in Proverbs 14, verse 26, it says, reverence for God gives a man deep strength. I, I love that verse. Let me read it again. Reverence for God gives a man deep strength. There, there are times that we don't understand. We, we just don't understand. But reverence for God gives a man or a woman 
deep strength. Uh, Psalms 2 verse 11 says, Worship the Lord with reverence and come before him with joyful songs. It's like even in the midst of hardship and difficulty, there's something about reverence and celebrating and praising even in the midst of, of difficulty. I, I read a story last week about a father of six in Texas who died of the coronavirus. He's only 44 years old. Two days after he tested positive, he passed away. Now, be, before this coronavirus outbreak, he was perfectly healthy. Uh, he was a kindergarten teacher, greatly loved by the children and, of course, their parents. He was involved in his community, and he was deeply involved in his church. At first, he f experienced some mild symptoms, and, and so he went in for a test, and then a couple of days after the test, and he went downhill fast, and after he got the test back, it was only a matter of hours before he actually passed away. <sighs> you know, sometimes when we hear something like that, we, we, we think, God, how, how could you allow that to happen? I mean, such a good person. Where were you? Uh, where were you when all this was happening? If you've ever walked through a crisis or hardship or loss, that's one of the first things you feel, just like Mary and Martha when their brother Lazarus uh, suddenly died. And, of course, Jesus didn't make it there in time to save him. Could I tell you where God was? And I know this is hard. I can't, just the sympathy I have for his wife right now and the empathy I have for his children. I just can't imagine what they're feeling. But can I tell you where God was? He was there. And he was there weeping. It, it, it says in Psalms 116 verse 15, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his godly one. Sometimes we don't understand what God is doing. And that's why I think the scripture says, be still and know that I am God. There's something about a reverence, a deep reverence that worships even in the midst of a crisis. There's something about understanding God who is great enough to be at work in the midst of darkness or evil God not only uses godly people, he even uses ungodly people to accomplish his purpose. And, and during this time, there are Christians who are helping. There are non-Christians who are helping. God is at work through everyone caring uh, you know, for what's going on in the world right now. And the reason why I say these things is because sometimes Jesus is our lucky rabbit's foot. And, and it's kind of like we want Jesus just to be there to help my life go smooth and for everything to work out the way I planned, if I could, I, I could put it that way. And, and as a result, when we face hardship or difficulty, well, let me put it this way. I've talked to people who've kind of given up on faith. In fact, here's what they say. I tried Jesus, and it didn't work for me. And can I just say, you can't just try Jesus. Jesus said, uh, unless a man denies himself, picks up his cross and, and follows me, he'll have no part of me. And so sometimes following Jesus is extremely difficult and, and we don't understand what, what he's doing. How do you know that God works in the dark? 
I mean, when you look through the Bible, different points in history, Genesis chapter 1, it, it says the earth was formless and void, and yet the Spirit of God was hovering. And that word literally is like brooding. It's like he was, he was thinking about his plan for creation, and he spoke, and all of a sudden things were, were set in motion. God, God, so often through the Scriptures, when Jesus was crucified, and you remember uh, a sudden darkness filled the whole earth, and, and Jesus said from the cross, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And, and if Jesus was struggling with understanding what was happening, how many think that sometimes we struggle understanding what's happening? You know, sometimes our worship is expressed in being still and knowing that I am God. And I love songs and, and I love music, but worship really isn't about a song and, and it really isn't about the music we're listening into the car. Uh, worship is about our heart's response to who God is. Worship is an intimate expression between our spirit and the Holy Spirit. When they come together in unity and we worship who who God is, and, and then it results in a lifestyle of obedience and devotion, regardless of circumstances. That brings a depth, a depth of soul that, that sometimes, well, let me just put it this way. We don't want to go through those things to experience it, but people that have been through them and have walked with Jesus through them, they, they have a depth of soul that, frankly, other people don't have. It, it produces a humility in our heart. Be still and know that I am God. I will exalt, I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in, in all the earth. You know, there are times, if you've read through the Psalms as many times as I have, there are times when the nation of Israel they felt as though God had rejected them and that God himself was fighting against them because they were going through uh, such difficulty. In fact, let me read Psalms uh, 60, verse 1 through 5. Here's what the psalmist said. You have rejected us, O God. You burst upon us. You have been angry. But then he cries for mercy. Now restore us. Uh, you have shaken the land and torn it open. Uh, mend its fractures. Again, he's asking for mercy. For it is quaking. It, he, it's like he's saying, Lord, I understand that you are great and there are times where you literally discipline those you love and Lord, you use horrible circumstances to draw your people back to yourself. But Lord, we can only take so much discipline. Now we need your mercy and, and now we need your help. Verse 3 uh, you have shown your people desperate times, and you have given us wine that makes us stagger. I don't think that means being drunk. I think that means you got some bad stuff here that's making you really, really sick. Verse 5, save us and help us uh, with your right hand that those who love you may deliver. I'm so thankful for God's love and God's mercy. But, but I think God is speaking right now, and I'm not sure if we'll hear the whole message. And that's what I'm concerned about. This is a time for reverence for God. This is a time for humility. And this is a time for awesome wonder and worship in regard to what God is doing in the world. And my prayer for all of us is, 
is, is, is that we wouldn't miss this opportunity. This is a time to develop in our hearts the fear of God. You know, as we remember his love and his mercy, to, to also understand that God is mighty and that God is powerful. I, I love C.S. Lewis. He's the one who said, our God is not a tame God. And uh, he is holy. And he is awesome. I... I read an article last week, uh, last week from the Christian Post. Uh, it's a newspaper that's published back in Washington, D.C. Uh, they use a, a, a group called the Pew, uh, P-E-W, as in church pew, and they do a variety of surveys just to understand what's going on in church culture uh, across America. And uh, they wrote an article. The title of it caught my attention. This is what the title said. It said, most white evangelicals don't think that COVID-19 poses a major threat to Americans' health. When I read that, I immediately thought of the other article, the wife of uh, this young man at 44 years old, now a single mom with six kids. Most white evangelicals don't think the COVID-19 virus possesses a major threat to Americans' health. And it went on to say 64% don't see any uh, major danger to their daily life. In fact, many of them felt like this is just being exaggerated by the media. Some felt it was a political stunt. Where have you been? I don't know what you think about this virus. But that article reminded me again of how ignorant and how arrogant people can be sometimes. And if life is good and they're safe and their job is providing and they have good health, it's just like sometimes we totally forget that there's an awesome God at work in the world. And sometimes there are times of shaking. And I, I'd be the first one to, to say, and I know you would too, that God certainly didn't bring this virus into the world. It's simply part of a fallen world. People have asked me, is this the end times? You know, it talks about pestilence in the end times. And, and my response is, it has been the end times since the times of Jesus. He talked about the end times. Uh, in Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit was poured out, uh, they, they, they quoted the book of Joel where it says, in the last days, God said, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And so since the time of the book of Acts till now, we've been in the last days. And of course, Jesus, I think it's about Luke 27, he, he, maybe it's 19, you'll have to check me out on that one. He talked about a variety of things and one of them being pestilence in the last days. But he said, that's only the beginning and I'm just wondering sometimes, will there be faith? Like he said many times, he, he challenged and he asked, will there be faith when I come? And I want to suggest that a lucky rabbit's foot faith in Jesus isn't going to make it uh, through all the different difficulties and crises that we go through in our, in our life. So... I don't want us to fear the coronavirus. Please don't misunderstand me. I don't want us to stop thinking about God's love and his mercy and his protection. Uh, I don't want the coronavirus or fear of it to become a bigger threat than the coronavirus itself. So thank, I'm thankful for healthcare workers. I'm thankful for government officials and all the things that we're doing to try to keep one another safe and, and minimize the curve and slow down the spread of, of this virus, but 
What I am saying is that I hope there's a place for deeper faith and deeper reverence for God during this time, a deeper sense of humility, how our lives are totally dependent on the love and the awesome power, the awesome greatness of, of a mighty God. Because I believe God is speaking to the world, I I am praying for you that, that, that you will hear God's voice and that you'll get a word from God during this time, that you'll have a word from God to help carry you through this time, to, to be able to share it with other believers, other Christians, to, to be able to give hope uh, during this time of crisis in our nation. For some of us, could I just say that don't just try to make it through this time. Use it as a time. Uh, to hear the Lord. Uh, maybe this is a time of forced Sabbath for some. I, I, I know we're not very good at slowing down and we're not very good at resting. Uh, but for some of us, maybe God is forcing a slowdown around the world to help us kind of redirect our attention, to, to, to examine some of our values, some of the things that truly make us happy, to help us deal with some of the idols in our life that have to do with a, a false sense of significance because of our job or, 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 or a false sense of satisf satisfaction because of all the pleasures that, that we can pursue uh, for ourselves. M maybe God is using this as a time for us to, to recalibrate. I certainly don't believe in any way that God caused this virus or this spread or this pandemic, but I'm so thankful that God is great and faithful and he's able to work in the midst of this circumstance. So allow it to be a time of, of recalibrating. If you're going stir crazy, uh, maybe it's a chance literally for you and your spouse to do a little deeper communication. I was talking with someone who said, man, my husband and I have never been together for this much, and uh, I don't know if we're going to make it. And I know she was being facetious, and, and uh, we both kind of laughed. And, and, uh, but you know what? Maybe there's some damage in relationships that could get healed during this time. Maybe there's time for interaction with kids that you normally wouldn't get. I guess what I'm trying to say is don't waste your quarantine. Don't waste these moments. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heavens. I will be exalted in all the earth. And let's, let's allow the Holy Spirit to take us a little deeper in our faith and in our relationship with God and maybe take us a little deeper in our commitment to love and care for people around us, our community. Maybe take us a little deeper in our relationships uh, with one another, even in our own household. So I'm gonna invite the worship team to come on up and uh, we've got a song for you that we'd like to close with. Uh, the title of the song is Defender. And uh, it's a song we sang last week, I think for the first time here in our congregation. And, and it's a song with a message. It, it has some amazing theology in it. And, and, and basically what it describes is that God is at work when we're being still. Be still and know that I am God. That God is work at work sometimes when all I'm doing is worshiping. And all I'm doing is praising. And yet God is putting together the pieces of what feels like fracture in my life right now. My, maybe in my finances right now. Or, or, or maybe in my job or my career or my dreams for my future. 
uh, that God's in the midst and he is rebuilding. And I'm so thankful that he's able to work all things together for good. So I'm going to invite the worship team and Naida lead us in this song. And I'm going to invite you just to take a few minutes, think about the words as we sing this song. And and let's just uh, close with worship this morning.
Father, there's so much we don't understand. Thank you that you understand all things, that you work in the midst of all things. Lord, you're at work, you're at work picking up pieces of cultures and pieces of our lives, Lord. You're at work putting the pieces back together. Lord, we pray that when all is said and done, we would end up looking more like you, Jesus. As individuals, as a church, Lord, as we're going through this season across our nation, Lord, for our government, for our health care systems. Lord, I think of impoverished nations that have incredible needs right now. Lord, Malaysia that went through a typhoon and now they're going through the coronavirus. Lord, they don't have a government that can put together a $2 trillion financial package to help them. Lord, you're the only one that can pick up their pieces. Lord, we ask you to move in mighty ways. God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, be glorified over all the earth. Be glorified in every nation, in every circumstance, every family. Lord, be glorified in our lives as well. We thank you for that today. We thank you for a chance to join together you in the power of the Holy Spirit throughout our community, throughout this state, and throughout this nation. We love you this morning. Pray blessing on each person joining together with us here this morning and all week long. Thank you for being with us. In Jesus' name. We invite you to say amen again and just want to thank you for joining us. I'm looking forward to the next two weeks because we get to start talking about the cross and then, of course, celebrate the resurrection uh, in two weeks. So I invite you to tune in again uh, next Sunday morning or sometime during the week when it works out in your schedule. Just excited uh, to see what God is going to do in our lives through this time together as we walk through this pandemic. God bless you. Be safe. and We hope to see you soon.